Hey everybody, welcome back to the Awkward Mom Podcast. I'm just chilling here with Senor Marshall Lee and Herr Whiskey. Uh, Whiskey doesn't have a last name actually, so I don't know. But two cool cats, Whiskey keeps peeing in my house, so I'm ready to fight him. Speaking of which, we have... Miss Cleo Chihuahua up in here watching her for my dad because he's on the mend from surgery and um, she's currently shitting everywhere as well. But welcome back. It's good to see you. It's February. Could you believe it? I can't. It's snowing again. Chicago land making some tea, some chamomile tea. Here comes Decadee. And um, just got back from the gym. I feel great. I wasn't feeling great this today, but I feel great now. So I already did her earlier, which I'm glad I did that. So now I'm just going to kind of fall into my nighttime routine, which is loosely based. I don't really have one, but I'm going to start getting ready to turn in, and I thought I'd make a segment, so here goes nothing. So while my tea is on the boil, let's go feed some rats, shall we? Stuff's expensive. It's $12 for a bag of rat food. And you would think that you could just feed them anything. And you can't because they have a special diet. They have to have the right macronutrients, the right amount of protein, the right amount. Let's see, it even says it on the back. Oops. They must have a balanced diet, includes 20% a mix of veggies, greens, and fruits, 5% treats. 75% fortified food. So now I don't feel so bad because I always thought that I was feeding them more food, fortified food, than like veggies, but I'm not doing that. I'm actually doing the right thing. So I feel better about my life. But it's time to be some rant boys. Okay, so we got oats. Let's see. You want to help? What are you doing up, child? Ah! You done took my thumb off. I know you're hungry, dude. It's like, give me that. Okay. All right. I think I have to do this because they hungry. You're supposed to be in bed. How come you're still up? Oh, you can't sleep. You miss me. I miss you too, kiddo. Did you watch WandaVision? Mm, girl. If you guys haven't been watching WandaVision, you need to hop on it. It is good. It's weird. It's weird. I don't know what to make of it yet, but I like it. So I know I like it. Um, oh, Dylan. Where is it 
Declan's loud. So WandaVision's on Disney Plus, okay? And if you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. Like, I I don't know what to make of it yet. Okay, so basically, uh, oh my God, what is her name? I'm drawing a blank now. I cannot believe it. Wanda. Oh my God. Wow. Okay, so Wanda is like, I don't want to say too much because I will spoil it. So I can't really say too much. But basically you're coming into what seems like a Dick Van Dyke or I Love Lucy, actually both, um, type, uh, like, episode that they're, like, starring in, Wanda and Vision. And so they have these neighbors that come over and, you know, it's kind of like a sitcom and there's canned laughter again. Which is interesting to hear because we haven't heard it for so long. So it's kind of like, hmm. But it's still pretty cool. So, yeah. So stuff starts happening and they don't know why. And that's kind of all I can really say because if I say more about that, it'll ruin it. So I'm not going to do it. But it's pretty... I like, I like that it's a new idea. Like, it, it's very Truman Show. Okay, that's not new. But I like that um, either that's not been done in a long time or I guess the way they're going about this is different. So it's definitely worth a watch. It's fun. So if you're looking for mindless, mindless stuff, um, that was my, my Daffy Duck impression. If you're looking for a mindless watch, that's, that's one to do. I'm a big Marvel fan. Slowly learning more about Marvel characters. I kind of came in at Black Panther. Well, I came in a little bit before that. I think I saw Ragnarok or... and uh, Not Endgame. I think it was Ragnarok. No, because that's Thor. Age of, Ultron, Age of Ultron. That's what it was. So I saw that, but I wasn't like, meh. I was kind of like, meh. And then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what it was that's what it was it was Chris Pratt that's what brought me to the uh, Marvel scene um but I've always liked comic book movies like we have a Batman Forever even though it's so cheesy now to watch huh no it's too late we're gonna go upstairs you can lay with mom okay so come on so, I have, um, you know, I've always had Batman Forever, which is super cheesy to watch it now. But, you know, I always like that stuff. I think everybody likes superheroes, right? Like, it's just fun to watch. So, yeah. But you'll like WandaVision. It's something, something fun. Something different. Um, but yeah, I think I have to lock the door. But I can't believe it's snowing again. I don't know how much to expect. Um, but we'll see tomorrow, I guess. So I'm going to sign off and say goodnight. Can you say goodnight? Goodnight. Goodnight, guys. So I am now on my way to do a couple of haircuts today. It is Friday. 
right. Dude, Jordan just showed me this video of that Rebecca Black chick who did that Friday song. And she looks a thousand million times different. You guys should go check that out. It's pretty crazy. So, yeah. So now I'm going to do some haircuts. Just came from my dad's. Dropped off some flowers to his little girlfriend for him. And a card for Valentine's Day. And, yeah. Um, my dad's doing good. Actually, he was taking some Norco's. Obviously for the pain of the surgery. And I guess he's getting this weird taste in his mouth. And... You know, his urine is darker than normal. So he called his doctor, or he called the surgeon, surgery center, surgeon who did the, the work on his foot. And he said, well, it's nothing that we would have done. It could be the medication, which I think it is. Um, I think he, they told him to drink more fluids drink more is what he said but they mean drink more water and he doesn't drink water and that's the problem so I'm gonna have to get him on a water kick somehow because I mean if you're not drinking fluids but you're ingesting you know these Norco I can't imagine it's good on the liver or the kidneys or anything but um so we'll see he's going into the doctor on Monday and we'll see what happens with that I hope he's okay I think he's okay, because this is new. He's never said anything about it before, so we'll see. So, I wanted to kind of talk about this whole Tessica Brown situation, because it's been on my mind lately, being a stylist, and just being a person. <laughs> like, there are people that are really mean about it, this girl, and... I saw a video in a group that was very, very mean, insulting her, reading her to filth. And to me personally, I think it's ridiculous that she used that stuff on her hair. But I don't, I don't know the reasoning behind her thinking that that was okay. And I think that's the biggest thing here is like I I don't know why she thought it was okay to use on her hair but she did so that is like that's a difference in in thought processes I don't know so I try to be very um I try to be very uh del not delicate but uh empathetic because it's easy to laugh at somebody until it's you, which I know this is a big, uh, this is a big situation. So not a lot of people are doing stuff like this, but you know, I don't know. One of my thoughts was, um, I hope you guys can hear it's freezing in here. I'm always cold. So this is my co-host heater. So Part of my thought was, well, I started thinking about, like, black women in the hair industry, black women spending money. So, black women, I would say definitely, 
spend the most money in the beauty industry, hair industry. And I don't, I can't crunch numbers. I don't have that. Like I'm, I'm driving to these hair, to these haircuts. Um, and so I can't really obviously look that up, but I, I know from what, and even seeing like good hair or, um, back in the day, this was a statistic that was, that was, um, brought up that black women spend the most money in the hair industry. And I would have to say that's true. I think about the stuff that I have had in the past when I was especially beginning to go natural and I had a lot of products and you just keep buying stuff and buying stuff and not using it and not finishing it because there's always a hot new ass product coming out that you want to try and you barely are finished with your first one but this one promises you the hair that you're looking for so we just keep dumping money into it. Not to mention, not even just the product, but but um, but the um, the extensions, the the wigs, the you know all of that. I think about how much money we pay. To keep our hair looking good. And um, I was thinking to myself how sad it would be if the reason this young lady used this Gorilla Glue on her hair is to make sure that her hair looked so good that she was at, like, I mean, like, you know, she wanted to make sure that her hair was laid so well. And that was such a concern that she reached for anything literally to achieve the look. And that's a big problem. Um, growing up, I never had... Well, okay. There's a couple of things I, would, I need to say and unpack here with my hair experience to lead into all of this. You know, growing up, my mom didn't know how to take care of black hair and honestly growing up how would she she would have no idea but she did learn and she did do her best um I remember she her box braiding my hair and crocheting my hair which is a difficult thing to do she she definitely did the crochet um braiding it on naturally curling it with curling irons flat ironing it she did her best and that is unmistakably true it was very expensive to keep up with to keep braiding like most of the times I think it's way more now, but even to get my hair done back in the day, I'm pretty sure that it was over a hundred dollars to buy the hair and to take me somewhere to get it braided. So it was like when I had gotten my hair done, it looked great, you know, but then also when it grew out or she was taking care of it or we were taking care of it most, you know, when I, Okay, just blew a stop sign. When we were taking care of it together, me as a kid, like it wasn't ever done. 
and it was tore up a lot. And it's funny because nowadays we're all embracing our natural hair. And it kind of, it it makes me a little resentful. I'm not going to lie because growing up, you didn't have a relaxer in or you let your roots grow out. You got red. Like people were, people were making fun of me all the time because I had nappy roots or if you didn't have your, your, you know, your hair straightened. It's like now though, everybody's happy to be nappy and it's like, okay, (laughs) but, um, which I'm glad. I'm glad it happened at some point because honestly, these relaxers are so problematic. Then the fact when I look back at being six years old and getting a relaxer and it just burned the shit out of my scalp, I mean, I'll take the Gorilla Glue. I mean, really, give me that. Just shellac my shit down because they put these relaxers were made out of lye. Actually, they had no lye formula. I remember seeing the no lie formula box, but the origination of the of the um, of the relaxer had lye in it, and this shit burned, burned chemical. It was literal chemical burns. You had to you have to get that stuff on, do your thing, and get it off because you are running the risk of burning your scalp chemically. And so I just remember being a small child and tears just rolling down my face and like, you know, coming from where I came from, you know, most people are like, probably like, you know, why is she crying about that? Like, because most kids my age, probably, you know, if I was eight, nine, ten, they probably had this relaxer all the time, but because we didn't keep up with it because of money or because of resources, whatever, what have you, you know, it was always like a miserable experience for me going to the beauty salon. Um, but afterwards, you know, I always felt good. I always loved my hair afterwards getting done, um, or getting it braided it taking so long and I would have to be dropped off at different strangers house. Um, and, you know, just kind of sitting there like, hey, for six hours. And some of the people I got to go back repeatedly. So you kind of build a relationship there. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it was always, it was a weird experience for sure. Um, but I'm also really proud of. I think I'm here to be got to be continued so this is now Saturday haircuts are done that was yesterday I just left my dad's house and I feel so bad for him like I'm telling y'all if y'all haven't lost your apparent I I lost both of my moms, adoptive and biological. And losing a parent is very hard. That was one of the worst days of my life. But it was something like... It was just... I'm very to the point where if it's like... This is how... I don't know if it's like a realist. I don't know if that's what you would say. But it's just kind of like... If it's like... This is the cut and dry of it... 
I'm, I'm just, I feel like I make peace with it. So like my mom, little backstory, Carolyn, she had come down with this bizarre disease called MDS. And basically it's like your bone marrow's not producing enough red blood cells. It's like a pre-leukemia. So she had this for a while and then she started getting chemo. And then she would get blood drawn and it, and it was to the point where she didn't want to be stuck all the time. So she opted in or now it sounds like when I talked to my dad, now it sounds like the doctor had suggested a blood port or she had asked about it. I'm not exactly sure. Julie, you probably know as I'm here, as you're hearing this, you probably know what it is. I should ask you. But um, basically, the blood port ended up contracting staph somehow and thus leading it straight into her bloodstream, which is horrifying. There is some shit going down here in Elgin. What happened? Damn, everything is blocked off. Like, literally everything. I'm over here by the Gal Borden Library, and there's cars on Kimball all the way down blocking Kimball. Something big went down because Kimball's blocked, Douglas is blocked, uh, Grove is blocked off. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what just happened. It's crazy. And then the streets, like, up to two streets down. Like, I don't know if Summit is blocked off down there, but it's in that little Spring Street neighborhood, Douglas. So I don't know. We go and find out tomorrow probably in the paper or some who knows it's probably all over in what's happening in Elgin people are Johnny on the spot with all this stuff going on in Elgin so I'm gonna have to peep that tonight but um so I don't know she ended up contracting staff and thus everything fell apart after that quickly within six months she was gone it was really, really horrible. But, um, so that was obviously not fun. And that was obviously really hard. And it was like, okay. But now this is, it's this weird thing. Well, it's only, it's only me. My brother is gone. He passed away six months before my mom died. And my sister's in Texas. So I'm not entirely alone as far as family for my dad his brother and aunt, uh his brother and his wife live up here and my cousin cousins are here um my cousin Kim comes over and checks on him so and and so it's not like I'm alone alone but it is a bizarre thing to see your parents age and it is very hard and the thing that's funny is because I'm adopted, a lot of my peers, a lot of my friends haven't, I mean, they're experiencing this, but they're not, but they are like, I don't know. Like I'm the first of one of our family, uh, one of my close group of friends that I, I know, um, to have lost a parent. And now I'm seeing my dad who's approaching 80 and now he's had surgery and now the fact that, and it's bizarre because, you know, he was very active. He was f fine. Like before the surgery, he was fine. And now 
just for the simple fact that he's not moving like he used to. He can't weight bear on his leg. So he needs a wheeling scooter thingy. And he's not able to get around. He's like, today I went to go shave and brush my teeth and I was exhausted. And now he's having this problem with, you know, his, like I said in the last segment, his urine is darker. He's having these pains in his, in his abdomen. And I guess the doctor had called back and said that the medication wouldn't do that. So it could be something like a liver thing. So I'm like, great. And he's freaking out and, and because, and he's got a, like a, um, a doctor's appointment coming up on Monday. And so it's just bizarre because it's just like, now it's the point where you, I, I'm taking care of my parent and most of my friends aren't doing that yet because their parents are younger. So it's just this really bizarre life stage. And, um, you know, I'm really just praying and hoping that he can get up and move it around. And this isn't like another downward slope. Um, and then I feel guilty because I know that it, he is, you know, he's always saying things to where it's like, he's, um, you know, confronting his own mortality and that, and then I have to like, think about that, you know, like I have to then prepare myself like, like, dude, I'm not ready to lose my dad yet. Like, and I don't see that happening, but it's just something you just inevitably think about because all of these things are happening. So I don't know. So I just left the, um, this is at Hair World. Got myself a sponge because I'm doing locks again, which I'm so excited. Um, hair sponge, lock, twist, locked stuff, and clips. So I'm excited to go on this whole lock journey thing again. Uh, gonna color my hair tonight. Hopefully I have enough teal aquatic. So speaking of that, to go back to... Um, the hair situation we were talking about. Um, so yeah, I just remember, um, that experience of, of, um, having my hair done and, um, not having it done. And, uh, it's just crazy how big of a deal our hair is. You know, we, it's, it's got a lot of history into it, you know, the braiding styles and, and styles, um, you know, coming all the way back from Africa all the way to today. I mean, um, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of literal blood, sweat, and tears in these, in, in hair, our hair, black hair. And, um, so I understand the, the importance of, of black hair. I often think about um, with how much black people put into the hair industry. Because now I think too, I think men also, especially when it's, it's more accepting for not only, not only, um, not only um, like, like it's more accepting now for men to wear wigs. 
right? Men to wear weaves. So now you're having that much influx now into the hair industry. Um, and I just think about what we've gained, the black community has gained from our patronage that we're basically fueling. I used to go to um, a store called Lynn's in Elgin. Some of you might know where it's at. It's in Clock Tower. I've been going there since I was a kid. And actually, Lynn still remembers me, which is crazy. She looks the same age. It's crazy. I'm not sure she is Asian. I'm not sure what descent. Um, but it got me thinking more recently. I'm so proud of Sandra and Charles who have who started this as an hair world. And I will never shop anywhere else, especially for black hair care needs. Unless I cannot go there, I will always be shopping there. Because I think about how these Asian-owned stores have been plopped down in our communities and give nothing back to the community. But they reap so many benefits and make so much money off of the black community. It, it was It's almost like highway robbery because there was this, my last time shopping at Lynn's was I was doing either crochet, I think it was box braids on myself. And I went in there and I was, I picked out my bags and I put them on the counter and I think she was going to charge me upwards of $50 for the hair almost 60 and I remember I only had I had more money in the car but I only had what I thought would be the price in my pocket so I put it on the counter thinking that that's what I was going to pay no it was ex an exorbitant amount of money I don't even remember 60 bucks 50 bucks for for hair synthetic hair Barbie hair guys Barbie hair that's what we're talking about it probably cost less than 50 cents to make this bag of plastic okay plastic essentially and they had the nerve to charge me upwards of $50 for five bags of hair six seven six maybe seven but mostly six bags of hair and I'm like it's how much and she's like it's it's enter in ridiculous amount of money. And I'm like, damn, I only have this much. She's like, well, if that's all you have, we can take that. You literally are going to take my last penny is what you're telling me. She doesn't know anything about my financial situation. And I had more money to spend, but it was like, just give us everything you've got and we'll take it and you can go you know, take your hair. And I'm just like, oh, hell no. So I snatched up my money off the counter and I went to This Is It Hair World. And the only, and actually I had shopped at This Is It a couple times before. And the reason I went back to Lens is because I had some colors that I wanted that they did not have yet. And I grabbed my money off the counter and I thought to myself, I will never, ever go back to there again. Because if you're charging people seven dollars a pack for plastic hair i went back to this is a hair world after that i got whatever color i got and it i literally paid 
$30 for what I needed. $30. And I paid it into a black-owned business that went back into my community and helped somebody in black in the black industry, black hair industry. And um, now their store is... They have so many colors and choices. I just, I'm so proud of them because they've come so far. And and I, I know I've talked about this in the past, but she used to do my hair. Sandra used to do my hair. And this is one of the places that I would go when my mom would take me to get my hair done. And she did such a good job. And and, and uh, she's always cared about me. And she cares about everybody. And anybody can go into the store and and ask for help or look for products. And there's no discrimination. Nothing. Meanwhile, I remember being followed around in some of these um, other hair stores, like I mentioned. Beauty supply stores. Thinking I was going to steal something. And you want to charge me $50 for hair. Not today. No, that's done. So, I just left there. I got my locking stuff. Oh, um, Old Navy is 50% off. Basically, when I'm going to tell you this, the sale will be over. But I got um, leggings for Dylan and... Nope, Charlie and Ren. $5 each, which was phenomenal. And jeans are 50% off. Only today. So, basically, this is useless me telling you this. But... I'm a happy camper because uh, I'm going to go in and do my hair and chill tonight. Um, But, um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. But I'm just really, um, I'm thinking about the Tessica Brown situation and, um, and that whole thing. And her hair looked good. (laughs) Like... And, oh, and she was, uh, she got it out. This doctor paid, uh, did, she did not have to pay. A doctor took her under his wing and used like a mixture of like acetone, aloe vera, and maybe some sort of oil and removed all that stuff. She was like lightly sedated, which has got to be crazy. And she has most of her hair, which was crazy because I did not expect her to leave with anything. Like I thought she was going to be bald after this, this, this thing. And I'm like, you got, you practically, he did his job. Like he did that. Like, I'm so glad. And I'm glad she has her hair. Like, I'm glad she's okay. Uh, it sucks because the internet is forever and she's never going to really live that down. But I hope, um, you know, I'm happy for her. I'm glad. I'm, I'm very glad. And I was peeping her Instagram and it seems like she has a merch. She's got some merch. Sis is making a bag off of this traumatic experience. Well, good for you. I hope, I hope, I hope you can because the ridicule you've gotten online, granted, this was nonsense. You should not have used this on your hair. I don't understand what I don't understand, but because I don't understand, I, I cannot really judge her because some people have torn her apart, like I said. But um, 
I'm just, I'm just happy for her. Good for you. Good for you, girl. So now I'm going to go inside and I'm going to watch the documentary on Netflix about Elisa Lamb. And I've seen this. Okay. So I've seen this on YouTube. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go and watch this Netflix documentary. It's already good. And I am so geared up for it. So basically it's about the Cecil Hotel in L.A. And it just talks about his history. And this girl named Elisa Lamb went missing there. And there's some bizarre footage of her in the hotel, like peeking in and out of it. And she's like watching her back, basically like something is following her. And she like opens it and gets out and gets back in and gets out. And then, then she like walks down the hall or something, or this is an, or another day she comes back into, she, she peeks in and out and then she, it might be like either the next day or a couple hours later, she like, then she like wanders into the, to the, ho, to the elevator from her room and she's like weird dude like it looks like she's straight up possessed like her arms are moving all creepy and she's like pushing all of the buttons on the elevator pad and like she gets out on the floor whatever she lands on and she's never seen again and something happens to her which is freaking crazy i don't really want to ruin it but people just start saying that their water is tasting funny and I'm going to leave you nestled in with that thought. And then you need to take yourself, your little, your little, butt, your little buns, and you need to go watch this Netflix documentary because it's insane. Okay, so that's it for this segment. I think I'm going to throw an ad in here. I will see you guys shortly. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, March 1st, which is crazy because I can't believe it's March already. Can you believe it's been a year since our lives completely changed from the normal? I just look back on... You know, it's funny because without remembering it's March, I've been recently thinking about when this whole pandemic started and just remembering how everything felt and uh, at work I've been talking to clients about about that as well how we didn't really know anything and just even corona kind of starting you know we heard bits here and there about things brewing in China and um, and then you know our first couple I think in the United States here right here and no not in the United States because most of that happened in California um, but in Illinois happening right here in Hoffman Estates and it was the first couple to have it and um Initially, I was one of those people where it was like, oh, it's just the flu. Like, this is just another scare tactic to divert us away from something bigger going on. Or, and or, it's 
this thing is happening, but it's it's not that bad because, you know, the media is trying to play it up and make it a big thing for headlines because fear sells, obviously. And then I remember these people in Hoffman Estates came down with it, and, and that's when I, I started being like, to be... My ears pricked up because I'm like, okay... Now this is here, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal there, okay? Obviously, China has gone through the ringer at that point with COVID. Millions of people were getting sick, thousands of people, and dying. And um, But it's like, it's that classic your own backyard syndrome. Right? Like, nobody really gives a shit until it's in your own backyard. And then people start caring a little bit more. So, um, yeah, I just think about that. And how this was our reality last year at this time. And uh, I think about how scared I was. Especially in March. March, April, May. Because, you know, like... this was something we didn't know about and it was becoming a huge thing and you know I've talked about it in wait on my all my past episodes but and since then I've really lost uh, my I've lost my um taste for Joe Rogan but um it was the Joe Rogan episode and it was his episode with that Peter Osterholm Michael Osterholm I'm not sure but it was his episode with then speaking to him that uh, that grabbed my attention and it was everything that that interview was I knew how to prepare for this <clears throat> I knew how to prepare for leaving work when they closed everything down I knew to dump all my PTO and and um, bring all my shit home because I knew I we were not coming back in two weeks. And I just thought it was insane. The kids were getting pulled out of school. Like, this must be real bad. Like, they're pulling these kids out. And then I remember, like everybody, how we all thought this was a nice little vacation. Like, hell yeah. Got a couple of weeks off. All right. Sign me up. And that was cute until about mid-April for me, May. <clears throat> well, in a sense that I was worried about working, obviously, and, and being able to support my family. I'm not going to lie when I say that being home this time has been great for me in the way of spending time with my family. And it really just brought into view the things that we prioritize versus the things that we need to kind of prioritize, you know, making money and working and all that is very important. Obviously we need to sustain ourselves. It's good to have a craft or a thing that lights you up, that you can give back and a service and and a job that's fulfilling and a career that's fulfilling. But at the same time, I do feel like we were neglecting that completely 
completely. And if, if it's not like, you know, with my work, I worked part time and that's still something. But the thing, what I wasn't filling with work, I was filling with other things. So like when, when this all happened and especially now, like now that we're all still kind of hunkering down a little bit, um, it allowed me to be home and spend time with my girls and, um, God, this is a bizarre, it's been a bizarre year. A lot of soul searching, a lot of mental, mental sorting of thoughts and emotions and just been very, uh, very strange. It's funny, I put up a thing on Facebook that kind of talked about how it made a reference to um, Fallout. But it says something along the lines, and and I'd thought about this before, so it was funny that I found a post relating to it, but something along the lines of, you, you know, one day you're going to put a coat on and find a mask in your pocket, and it's going to be like, wow, that was a weird, that was a weird time. And it goes on to say more about how then you grab your machete and sunk off, slunk off into the shadows to protect your family from cannibal um, marauders or whatever. I don't remember. But that is going to be a thing. I, I'll think about how, like, maybe I'm doing laundry, like, years down the road and I come across it, one of my girl's masks and it's going to be like, damn, that was a part of my life. That was a chapter in our lives. It's something we've all gone through and that was our life. And I'm not sure if I had said this in my previous um, episode, but I find it interesting because Ren is four. She'll be five um, in June. And um, it's interesting to me because one day we were, we were somewhere. Maybe we were at Target, the shrine. And uh, I had said to her, like, do you know why you're wearing a mask? And she's like, because I like it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, obviously, she's too young to understand what's going on, you know. And I have to say, props to all the kids, right? Because I could not imagine being a child right now. You know, you can't see any of your friends, which we have. We've seen friends. And um, especially with homeschooling, like, I got the... You know, we've, well, thank God we haven't been, we haven't been sick. I had one scare that I had to get tested, but I I think I just had a stomach thing. Um, So I got a COVID test. It was negative. But other than that, thank God we haven't, we haven't gotten sick, especially with Jordan because he's doing all this work, heating and air, going to people's apartments, like the most, if there's one place that you're definitely going to get COVID from. It's from another person's, like, like, you know, dwellings. So it's cool that I'm happy he has been safe and he hasn't been sick. Um, but, I, you know, in talking about Ren, like, she doesn't know anything else, really. I don't know that she can remember not wearing a mask. Maybe she can. I'll have to ask her that question too. But, um, 
it's just interesting because this is normal for her. And she doesn't even question it. And I give her a mask and she puts it on. And she's been great through this whole thing. Being so little, I mean, she turned four. So three and four, that's really little to kind of having to wear something on your face all the time and being at home all the time. So I just am really proud of her and all the girls and all kids everywhere that are just doing their best, like, to get through this and get back to some sort of normalcy. You know, as an adult, you can kind of suss things out a little bit easier, better process things a little bit better than kids can, or maybe not, you know, with all of our phobias and whatnot, maybe the kids are doing just fine and we're the ones who are freaking out. You know, I think about that a lot. I think about, I think about, um, you know, the way, and I, and I think about this about myself in parenting. I think about like being sure that I don't project my fears onto the, my kids. And it's hard because obviously our fears are based off of our past experiences and, you know, without even meaning to, that is just something that we and will end up doing. But one of the things I made sure that I was not going to do was freak out about COVID and pass that fear onto my kids. It is definitely, I get prudence to be safe and being smart. But I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to like be stricken to the point that I can't function and my kids can't function. The bottom line is if we go out, there's a possibility that we're going to get sick. And I don't know, that is just something that I had come to terms with. And, and yes, and the thing that, and it, you know, thankfully I'm young enough the stage I am in my life where I have a better recovery chance. And I know that some people don't have that immunocompromised people, elderly people and young people, young, young people. And, but I can't speak from that experience. All I can do is speak from where I am now. And there's still even a chance, a very slim chance, but a chance that I wouldn't be okay. If I got sick, I am an ex smoker. You know, I, I, I smoke, um, cannabis. So there's still like a chance where getting a respiratory illness might not have been a good deal for me, especially with other medical problems that I have had, like my pseudotumor and my thrombocytopenia. And I don't, you know... All I can do, the only thing that I can do is make sure that I'm not getting other people sick. Avoiding other people, even if I choose not to stay home in the way of going out with my kids, going to the park, going to going to the store. You know, what I can do to make it right in my mind. And this is what I'm talking to my girls about. Like, just do your best to keep your hands clean. Don't, don't touch anything like 
keep your hands off your out of your face and off your face and and um, keep your mask on and that's really all we can do at this point. But I th- I'm hopeful and I'm really happy. There is a feeling that's different about 2021 and and please do not be discouraged and I think I had said something about this last time too please don't be discouraged about 2021 there are things things are not going to be going right all the time I mean look we're into the Biden presidency and we've already bombed Syria like it's if anything COVID has taught me that there's never going to be a time where everything's going to 100% be okay. And and maybe there's a comfort in that. I but there's not like I can't worry about you know it's hard too because at any moment your life could be shaken up and things are different. And and I and like you know they talk about when you're saving for saving up your money, right? In a savings account. You need to prepare for a major life event. Okay, well, COVID was a major life event, but nobody was thinking about that when you're talking about saving for the future or, you know, protecting yourself and your family. Nobody's thinking about that. That was like out of the... I never thought if you would have told me when I was 18 that I would live through something like this... I would never have believed you. And, you know, I think we need to realize that this isn't just, you know, when we get lulled back, when this is over and we are lulled back into a secure state again, we need to realize that, um, that it's not a permanent thing, that nothing is permanent except for, I suppose, impermanence. And, um, I, I really, I I read a lot, I read a lot about, I have read a lot about, and done a lot of research on, um, like, Taoism. And, um, And uh, teachings of Buddha and and um, and pretty much a lot, a, a lot, and and that's funny because what I find interesting is like I'm not religious, but a lot of religion basically has the same message, but you know it's different, and and I'm trying to articulate this as best I can. And I always catch up myself because I don't want to not offend anybody, but I don't want to generalize or belittle things. Just because I'm not religious doesn't mean that religion isn't important to some other people. It is equally as important to other people as it is important to me that my choice of being agnostic is to me. So I don't ever want to misspeak on things and things and I just try to do my best so bear with me but um the the idea of impermanence you know um coming to peace with impermanence is pretty much how you reduce suffering in your life 
And um, the more shit you have, the more you have to worry about. And um, it's hard, but when you're able to... um, get comfortable with the fact that nothing is permanent and everything in the end um, ends it's supposed to make living a little easier it sounds bizarre and very difficult it's difficult for me because letting go of things is hard Um, so speaking of which, I've, it's been a sad day because, um, I had to give my dad's dog to the Anderson's animal shelter because he can no longer take care of her and I have too many pets that I can't um, I can't take on the responsibility Um, his surgery has proven to be more intense and serious than not in a bad way but just the recovery time from what we thought it was to what has come to pass and um, trying to make sure that he's keeping healthy and I'm trying to think of ways to get him to build strength while being immobile. He can get around. He's got a knee scooter. So he's doing that whole thing and he's cleaning around the house and still like moving, which is awesome, but he's not moving like he was. So, you know, it's, it was sad because her name was Cleo and um, um, I've we've had her since before Quinn was born she would sit on my stomach with Quinn when Quinn was inside so she's essentially Quinn's age so it was very difficult and I knew it would be sad but I didn't get emotional about it until I brought her in the room and the foster mom because it's cool like I feel better because there was there's a woman that works there that's the foster liaison for Anderson so she's like hi I'm gonna be taking her today I'm gonna take her home I love the little dogs and she's a senior dog and I I'm like dude that makes me feel so much better because if she had to be sitting in like a a cage or a pen or a kennel not a pen, they wouldn't do that, but, and just, like, not knowing where we are, and not knowing where my dad is, I would feel, I just felt really guilty, so it was nice to see, um, her being taken home.
And so, um, that was really hard. It was really nice to be able to take um, take her there and um, be able to tell my kids that she had a place to go um, because they were worried about her being alone as well. So it was really cool. Like she was, she has a home to go to. So I'm really happy. I'm really happy with Andersons the way they did everything. And uh, I hope little Cleo. I wish you a lot of love and a lot of luck um, on your new. Um, foster home journey and uh, as a fellow foster kid good luck I love you um, but yeah that um, I just got home from the gym and uh, so I gotta tell you guys about my new fasting journey as soon as I'm done with this episode I'm going to record my next episode, and I know I've been slacking off. I say this literally every episode, and I'm so sorry, but um, I will. Uh, I'm go- I'm I'm going to try my damnedest to start being better. A lot of I'm going to be real with you. A lot of it has to do with whether or not I think people are listening to the show, and whether or not I think I'm doing a good job. And sometimes it feels like like nobody really cares about that. Like nobody cares or you know, like, it's not that good, like, what you're doing, it's, like, stupid, or the things that we all think about, things that mean something to us, right, like, projects that mean something to us are, and why are we, are we're self-critics, um, but, um, I, when I talk about my podcast to other people, I tell them it's more of, like, a journal entry style podcast, a lot of people think it's a cool, I waited format, and, uh, it is cathartic, you know, so, yeah, you can follow me at, uh, the awkward mom underscore podcast, A-W-K-W-Y-R-D-M-O-M underscore P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You know how to spell podcast and, uh, curiosity prism and prism is P-R-Y-S-M and, uh, I've got uh, some new life journeys coming up ahead of me, and I feel like um, it's something that I've been wanting for a long time. And it's funny because I have noticed that things that I've been, I guess you could say, dreaming about, not not even goals because I've never said to myself by this time well that's not true because there's things that I do speak about like I'm gonna do this but there's a lot there are a lot of things that I notice coming to fruition that I've thought in the past and I've been like oh snap this is coming true like it's weird so a lot of good work things going on and I'll fill y'all in on that in my next episode, which I will be recording after this. So, uh, let me know any feedback. Um, go ahead and follow me on those platforms. Uh, share the podcast. If you like it, share it with somebody. 
you love. And I will see you guys later.